Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to The Shapes of Stories, a podcast with me, Lawrence Prestige, as your host. Stories come in all shapes and sizes, whether it be from our favourite books, our life experiences, or the day-to-day challenges and issues we face in the world today. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Shapes of Stories with me, Lawrence Prestige. And yeah, a little fun episode we've got for you today um, as we review 2020. And that might sound a bit depressing, but luckily I have got two wonderful positive people with me reviewing the year. Um, My good friend Giles Paley Phillips and Dr Rada, who you may know as um, a doctor that sometimes appears on shows such as This Morning and um, yeah, different uh, television shows out there. So yeah, really was great chatting to these two. Sort of uh, picked me up after a depressing year, I suppose. These two people are kind of, you want to be around that energy because it's so nice and uh, is a big help. Uh, Be sure to check them both out on social media, um, Dr. Rada and Giles Paley Phillips. But without further ado, here is our chat, reviewing the year 2020. Nice to meet you, Lawrence. <laughs> nice to meet you too. I've seen some of your lovely tweets. So yeah, it's great to finally talk to you. Oh, you too. <laughs> you too. How are you doing? Uh, right. Yeah, I've been doing okay. I mean, you might as well should we just start talking now. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just go I've for it. Record, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I have too. Um, yes, yeah, so obviously it's been a very weird year. I mean, how would you sum it up in in one word? Like, uh, apart from the word unprecedented, oh, wow. because we've heard that too, <laughs> too many times. Unprecedented. I mean, how? I mean, how would you sum up if you can, if you could pick one word? Wow, what a question! I mean, wow, that's going to be wow. my word. Yeah, wow. Just wow. <laughs> I mean, that is a really good question, isn't it? So, so for me, I think the word that keeps kind of coming back over and over again in different ways is value. Or values and I think um, when I think back over 2020 um, I can definitely sort of see that we've all been asked to sort of stop reflect and pause around um, what really matters to us what are our values not just as, a, as an individual but as a world like what kind of world do we want to live in what do we value as individuals in terms of like work-life balance nature friendships all that kind of stuff and also how I think how do other people value us like how do we negotiate friendships and relationships and work sort of um connections so for me I think it's all very much around that word values and what we actually value so nice I think that's that's really great actually I hadn't I hadn't really thought about values in general like I think we it's a word we don't we don't use in the right way sometimes, I think, perhaps. I think, do you know what? I think it's often seen as an old-fashioned word or mm. a word that isn't really relevant for nowadays. But um, I think that's because we've got a lot of associations in our brains around what that means and what that looks like. And perhaps we sort of think back to being at school and someone telling us what our value should be. But actually, I think this year we really have all been asked to stop and think about, you know, what really matters? What was I doing before? what was my life looking like? What was our world looking like? And actually kind of 
stepping out of that and making a choice about what kind of things did we get it right do we want to change and what are we going to do kind of moving forward so I think I think I think we need to bring back value and values as a sort of a word for right now because it's never been more important I don't think Mm -hmm. yeah has it been ostracized that word slightly by I'm just thinking like we you where we use that word I'm just thinking about it now off the top of my head we use it in terms of getting more for less so you know like um it's like pound shop isn't it yeah three <laughs> three from five to two <laughs> yeah it's used in it's used in a mark it's a marketing court tool isn't it it's mm-hmm. used as a, like yeah and it's used in that way and i it like you say i think we need to sort of re there's been certain words in the past that have that have been have changed and evolved and we need to kind of yeah what's well, one of those we need to sort of um to take some control over again and use it in a different way maybe mm. yeah it certainly made me appreciate certain things that i sort of took for granted i think this year like for sure like even just obviously the nhs are brilliant but just really really come into um a position where i really appreciate what they're doing and being on the front line and and knowing nurses as well and just knowing how like it's affect affecting their like mental health going through this like um i had you know one nurse i know um up in epsom and she she's like you know going really through a really rough time sort of with her mental health just because she's dealing with all these covid patients just really appreciate that they've been on the front line and dealing with that and then but then just other things that you know that have been cut off just like even just appreciating the things they took for granted like the gym and and just like the the cinema and a restaurant or a pub or you know just going to the theater or something like that you just really um you know although i always really enjoy those things i've just mm. really appreciated how much they're important to me because the fact that i just having them all cut off at the same time has just been like wow these are kind of my places that i go for escapism and go to kind of tune off and to have it all cut off at the same time has just really really been interested in terms of well make it like to go back to value really valuing them so i was just going to say that actually i've always loved going to the cinema kind of on my own you know, sometimes just kind of getting like a Nando's before going to sit in the cinema, choosing the film that I want with no one else to sort of tell me what's uh, an amazing thing. <laughs> but I always loved, but like you say, totally right, Lawrence, like this this year, the fact that those um, very simple things or things we took for granted have been sort of taken away from us. It's been really interesting, hasn't it, to really think about what on earth we were doing, what we enjoyed and why, and actually how sometimes we make everything so complicated and we make things you know, so kind of that they have to be on a grand scale or they have to be big. I have to be going on a huge holiday to be happy or to have something to look forward to. And I think we really are kind of being asked to go back to basics and really be like, actually, do you know what? I just want to go and have a hot chocolate with my friend in a cafe. (laughs) Or go and sit on my friend's sofa and watch, you know, Friday night TV and have a pizza, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's been really challenging, but I think if we can remember yeah. these lessons that we've been taught this year about those kind of things, I think actually yeah. it will be really good for us and really good for our world as a whole as well. Yeah, I think that you're sort of missing in particular Giles at the minute. What am I missing? Um, well, my little coffee shop where I go and do writing has been obviously been closed this last lockdown. They've, I went and got a takeaway this morning and obviously they're opening up this week. But yeah, missing that, I guess, and just general interaction with with you know the general mm. i like i like hanging out with the general public <laughs> <laughs> sitting in like sitting in a cafe and watching the world go by that sort of stuff i suppose like people watching that's i'm missing that yeah no absolutely i mean hopefully the ending's in sight now with the vaccine news but but then you still get people that are like 
these anti-vaxxers and people protesting and things like that do you worry that that's going to cause a few problems going forward in terms of uh people just refusing to to do what they're told i I suppose like you know we've got the solution now to kind of get back to some form of normality but people kind of don't want that either Mm, i think it feels like Sorry, no, you go. Yeah, you go first. Gone. No, I was going to say it feels like it's like a lot of these things. It, I think there's a minority um, that feel this way, and but they 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 make a lot of noise, and I think it's that the amount of noise they generate. It feels like there's you know there's perhaps more people doing it than the, than there is. So I think yeah, there, there are obviously there is a minority of people that are sort of um, will always be conspiracy theorists and you know anti this that and the other. But I think I I think you have to do have to think that they are generally in a minority, and it's just that they're shouting the loudest. Mm. And I, I think also it's been interesting, hasn't it, this year? Because I think this year, in so many different ways, we've we've really sort of seen um, the whole spectrum of opinions, uh, people's attitude to risk, people's ideas, and um, where people are getting their news from, where people are getting their information from. And um, I think that whole issue of kind of trust and connection and actually how people get their information and how how information is communicated has actually been another really big topic, hasn't it, this year? Um, mm-hmm. Which, again, was something that was bubbling under the surface for a long, long time. Um, but this issue obviously has really, really brought it to the surface. So, again, aside from kind of values, I think, again, this year has, has been very much about the kind of issues and problems and things that were going on for decades or sometimes even centuries before this, that we all knew were there, we all knew were bubbling under the surface, but we could sort of stick our heads, you know, under the duvet and ignore. But this year has been the year when we cannot ignore any of these problems for any any longer. And it's been the year really where we've all been stopped in our tracks to say, you know this is a problem, you know this needed to be sorted out and mm. now you have to sort it out. And I think so. there are so many topics and areas um, that relate to that. So I think we're all being asked to, again, sort of stop and think about what kind of world do we want, where have we gone amiss and what can we do now kind of moving forward to try and make those things a bit better? No, absolutely. Because, you know, I think earlier this year, I really noticed, like, I felt like there was really big divides in opinions and uh, whether whether it would have been Brexit, whether it would have been, you know, your thoughts on the coronavirus, your thoughts on Donald Trump, before, you know, and then there was this, um, the tragic thing that happened with the Black Lives Matter movement with the death of... Um, the, the, I can't remember his name now, George, George, uh, Floyd. George Floyd. And um, yeah, you know, that was horrific what happened to him, but it caused a lot of div- division and there was, you know, and there was things like this, but you kind of hope, I suppose now that as horrific those things were, that we're slowly, hopefully trying to get into some kind of uh, unified um, state, I suppose, you know, with uh, Joe Biden, hopefully in the US now can hopefully try and bring the American people back together. Um, the, although there's lots of anger with the Black Lives Matter movement, there seems to be a lot more sort of diplomatic way of they're sort of dealing with it now rather than, um, you know, the, the, the understandable anger that they were protesting at the time. And um, even, you know, with Brexit, I like to think that hopefully, maybe even with Joe Biden as president now, they'll be able to kind of go back to the table with the European Union because he's more very pro you know sort of unifying people together as well so do you kind of hope i suppose like next year we kind of uh bring these divisions sort of back back to some sort of togetherness mm. do you know what i, I wrote a, a social media post it was i think it was back in january and it was mainly related to the environment because i was feeling so kind of impassioned by watching what was happening to nature 
and I think my post said something like um you know first of all nature whispered then it spoke now it's shouting uh, when are we going to stop and actually listen to what it's telling us and I think that that sort of almost that framework is really holds into so many issues that that you've just discussed Lawrence around what's come up this year and it's that thing isn't it where and we all do this as individuals where for example we will keep repeating the same kinds of behavior in a certain theme that we know are self-destructive or we know don't actually help us because we, we're not really prepared to stop and look at the actual deeper issue that's causing that behavior um, but hopefully at some point we'll learn from that and we'll kind of stop and go okay I've learned my lesson from that experience let's not do that again um, and I and I almost feel like as a world we're, we're being asked to say listen you've 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 kind of carried on these same kind of behaviors for centuries when are you actually going to stop and not do it again um so that's not to be depressing that's more to try and reframe things I suppose as a really important moment in in history I think and a really important opportunity a moment for opportunity to actually make something something change and not just say it with words but actually mean it and actually do something. And I think if we can try to remember and not forget and push all of these things down again for it to happen in another few years, then I think, you know, lots of things could actually get better. And like you were saying, Lawrence, lots of things, people can actually be unified and things can actually hopefully move forward that are good for everybody. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, with, with, with um, you know the the news of Marcus Rashford this year. I mean, that was a really nice thing. You know, footballers get a lot of stick, don't they? But the fact that Marcus Rashford sort of did that and sort of was trying to, you know, sort of help um, schools and, and younger children that that live in uh, bad conditions. And but you know, it, it was frustrating, I suppose, that he was kind of met with sort of uh, hesitation at first. Right, <laughs> that was a bit frustrating. Yeah, and then there's a whole kind of you know, well, not a whole group of people, but some people saying, oh, you know why is he doing this he's doing this for his own agenda and to get to get publicity and you're like oh, come on yeah. <laughs> seriously yeah. like I think you know when when that when you come up against uh comments like that you're just like do you know what you need to just stop and and, and just breathe and just mm-hmm. deal with whatever is causing you to be so unhappy because for someone to criticize you know um actions like that which are absolutely from an authentic place a kind place a place where someone has really gone through something themselves, really understands and really wants to make a difference. For someone to criticise that is like, mm, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> how, could, how could that even be a thing? I know. <laughs> there's no, there's just no justification for any um, assault on Marcus, Marcus Ratchford. I think, you know, yeah. he was like, it was the kind of epitome of goodness that he was trying to um, promote and do. So I think, yeah. Again, I think, you know, just going back to my earlier point about that there being a minority that like to shout the loudest, I think, you know, we have to recognise that it is often a minority and it, and you just have to kind of block them out a little bit sometimes. Mm. Yeah. And also, I think a really important lesson in for everybody to sort of say that actually if you want to change something um, and you believe in it and it's the right thing to do, then you do it. And mm. even if people criticise you or they say this, that and the other, as long as you know in your heart of hearts why you're doing it, the fact you're doing it for a good reason, don't let anyone stop you from making a change in the world. And I think that's really important for every single person to hear because, again, a lot of the things that you were talking about, Lawrence, in terms of bringing people back together, is going to be a sort of culmination of lots of individual people's actions. Mm-hmm. Though if people are frightened about doing something because they might be criticised, 
then that's going to stop them from doing it. So just for people to know that, you know, if you're doing it from a good place and you believe in it, then do it because I'm sure there'll be someone who will criticize you, but frankly, who cares? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, I mean, obviously it's, 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 it's hard to kind of think, I mean, Giles, you're, you're known and, and you, um, rather you're known for being very positive people on Twitter, but what, what are the, what are kind of the, the positive things that have happened this year that you guys can be like, well, you know what, we could kind of take a, a, a nice thing out of 2020 and be like, well, this kind of, you know, we, this was a really positive thing that happened this year. What kind of, is there any sort of stories that happened this year that kind of comes to mind when you're thinking, yeah, that was a really nice moment of 2020. I'm going to let Giles go first. Uh, there you go. <laughs> oh, I'm going to let Giles go first because he's king of kindness. I might be <laughs> maybe like the court jester in <laughs> his oh, kindness castle. <laughs> No, um, well, no, honestly, like meeting, like to be honest, um, meeting lots of, yeah, connecting and meeting lots of new people, rather, Lawrence yourself, yeah, um, I know we knew each other before, but yeah, just kind of getting to know more pe- people better, and actually, in some respects, connecting more, even though we've obviously been disconnected, we haven't been able to see each other in real life, but actually making a, you know, a far more connections actually because of the way we've been working and uh that's been amazing and and having conversations having proper conversations with people and i say even though we haven't been able to have like uh conversations in the real world as such just having those conversations at all has been really important to me so that's been a big thing for me yeah striking up conversations making new connections making new friends lots of Mm -hmm. new friends and and that's been that's been a really beautiful part of this year i think for me Mm, yeah I definitely agree with Giles on that I think also um you know we, for, for years and years we've talked about making sort of emotional health and mental health part of everyday conversation and although obviously people have meant that I think a lot a lot of that or some of that has just been words whereas I think actually this year it really has everyone's been affected in different ways and obviously everyone reacts differently everyone has got their own specific challenges and circumstances but I have, I, I do think that actually this year has been an opportunity where we have all more authentically asked how people are. We've, well, we've more authentically stopped and thought, how am I? What's going on for me? And so I think in that respect, um, mental health as something which affects and can affect and touches everyone every single day, which it does, has become much more of a conversation, but a conversation with meaning rather than just a conversation that sort of is on one day of the year and then stops. So that's been a really good opportunity for people to be really honest and really start thinking about what it actually means and prioritizing that. And I think also probably the idea that um we've all had a chance to really think about what day-to-day things actually help us feel better. Um, so things like nature, like birdsong, like, you know, um, calling your friend and having a chat with them, all those really basic things like having a bath, like listening to a lovely bit of music or reading a book. I think we've really been brought back to that, that sort of simple thing around what actually does make me feel good. And is it what I thought it was before in terms of like external outcomes or achievements or whatever society tells us should make us feel good? Or is it something more basic, more essential, something that we actually knew when we were little, but we've actually forgotten? So I think it's created a space for us all to review that and think actually what is really the kind of things that we want back in our lives every day? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, I, I found, um, 
you know, just you'd walk, you'd walk the dog in general before lockdown and things. Just you felt like a bit of a chore, like oh, I need to set a dog out and stuff. But over this last year, because you know that was like a form of exercise and being able to do something, you know, was to going out to just for me to go out to walk the dog. I've sort of like really ventured, like trying to find out different walks, longer walks, like going to different parts in the in the country, going for dog walks, meeting like little dog walking groups. And that has like such an improvement on my mental health. Like you, I feel good after like a really long dog walk. You know, there was one, the start of the pandemic, you know, I think lots of people were just kind of Netflixed out, just kind of felt like they completed Netflix and you're watching everything on Netflix. Start <laughs> to the next level of next Netflix, whatever yeah, that is. Yeah, like start, I mean, yeah. Advanced Netflix. Yeah, like le- level one was the Tiger King, wasn't it, when that was out? And then you kind of like start completing more series. But, you know. I never quite got over that, to be honest. Yeah. I haven't but, actually seen that oh wow (laughs) it's it's um yeah it's yeah i've heard (laughs) yeah it's yeah it was a bit crazy but like yeah go but it was going i remember i was at the start of the year when it was the lockdown situation i my mental health was starting to get a bit rubbish but i think that's because i just felt like i was having so much screen time just isolating myself more and more and the more i went outside and just like i'm not gonna take my phone or anything like that i'm gonna leave my phone at home and i'm just gonna go out for like hour and a half or whatever and just go on a really nice long country dog walk and yeah like doing that regularly has made me feel great just being able to do that stuff Mm. and I think also that comes we can't always do it but if we are able to do it that there comes a closening or a strengthening of our relationship with ourselves in that we start to trust ourselves to kind of make good choices for ourselves in that moment now whether or not that is to go for a walk or whether or not it's to like give up and go back to bed or have a cry or bring someone and tell someone how you're feeling they're all they're all just as good choices for ourselves in that moment but I think sometimes you know we when we're really busy we're rushing around we kind of lose our connection with ourselves and we don't really tune in with what who we are what we're doing why we're doing it so I think again we talk a lot about connection with other people and um you know kindness to other people but I think it's also another layer of stopping and saying okay well maybe this year I've learned to trust myself a bit more or to understand who I am and what I want and what helps me and so I think that relationship with ourselves is actually really really important to be nurtured this year because again it's only when we get that right that we can then help other people so super important I mean I used to commute probably about three hours a day um, before the pandemic and then I you know this year I've been sitting there thinking what was I doing <laughs> what was going on there like I used to wake up you know, drive to the station walk to the station get a train get a tube go to work do the same reverse and then maybe rush off to the gym and then come back and kind of have like two or three hours in the evening and I was thinking god what was I doing? <laughs> what was going on? What were you doing? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't get me wrong. Sometimes those commutes are really, really useful because I used to read a lot or relax or sleep or listen to the music or whatever. But I did think to myself, wow, this, you know, since I haven't been commuting so much, I've really managed to do more exercise, get out outside more and be a little bit more aware of actually, you know, how I'm sleeping, how much I'm sleeping, for example, but it's, it's also not just that. It's not just the time. It's the automated robotic mode that sometimes we can get into when we're used to doing something over and over again. And then once that becomes automatic and robotic, it loses its joy and it loses its spontaneity. So I think that's also been an interesting thing that's come from this year. I was going to say, is it, do you think it's generally good to break routines regularly? Like whatever your routine is. 
I do actually, because I think it keeps your brain flexible. It keeps kind of your neurons firing in different ways. It makes mm. us also less rigid, less um, less scared of change. Because a lot of the time, I think when we get older, people are less um, willing to take chances or risks, often because they've got responsibilities, which is totally mm. understandable. But not even necessarily big changes or big risks. So we get into we get into habits and. Once we get into habits of, you know, driving the same way, the same route, parking in the same place, getting the same time train, um, it just kind of makes us a little bit more less open to change, less open to opportunity and less open to stopping and looking around us and seeing what's happening. I mean, you know, I, I myself also, but lots of other people, you know, on those train platforms, you walk down the platform, you're on your phone, you're swiping, you're not really looking, you think you know which platform it's coming from. You try and go to the exact same carriage on the train, you know, so get the same kind of seat. And after a while, I think any kind of habit that is very rigid, it just drains and sucks out all the life energy, all of the spontaneity, the joy, the openness. You start to not look at the trees properly or the detail or notice the small things and that's when I think sometimes we can get a bit burnt out and we start to think well where's the joy and then we start to mm. become a bit flat because mm-hmm. I mean your body physically adapts to that as well like if you have that routine that's just going and going and going right because I, I remember even as like a young lad when I was acting like and so I'd be doing two shows a day and there'd be a show at half seven at night and you'd sort of uh 10 o'clock half 10 come off stage and then you'd kind of but your adrenaline's like way up here, so you can't go to sleep. And so, like when I when I stopped on certain shows that I was performing, whether it be panto musicals or whatever it was, I'd, I'd be kind of just like my body would just be had adapted to like being so nocturnal. And like I I remember like I mean addiction you can be addicted to all sorts of things. I was addicted to Red Bull. I used to have to like rely on Red oh, Bull. Man, it's dangerous. Yeah. Stuff. Oh yeah, to get through through a day, <laughs> I'd have like two or three of the big cans daily because I felt like well I'm I'm wake I'm on like three or four hours sleep and I'm like well I need to go out on stage so I need to be able to to you know stuck up on these red bulls to have the energy that I need to to do my thing and then kind of of crash after but no I do I did really um notice that like your body really does adapt to the more you have the same routine um Mm. the more the more regular you keep that for sure I think also when we get when we become rigid about what we're doing we also are less flexible with other people as well. So we expect them to behave in the same ways, do the same things. If they want to do something different, we're kind of, you know, we're so used to things being structured in a certain way, we may not like it. So I think it's also important not just to be open for ourselves, but important to be open to other people and how we interact with them. Because again, you know, relationships can get very sort of stale and habitual and in terms of what people do. And that also is difficult isn't it and particularly obviously this year in terms of everyone being you know around the people that are living with a lot more that also has its own challenges I think as well mm-hmm. no, no. I'm just thinking about that poor person that was um gonna sit in the seat that you wanted to occupy every day <laughs> and like you, you sort of glaring at them like glaring at them saying oh that's my seat you ruined my routine like yeah so so i would say i'm one of those people who was like right so how can i like make the most of my time so i would always go to the last carriage and the kind of the last seat so i had less of a walk on the other end of the thing because i thought i might as well use my time now to walk down the train than use my time at the other end (laughs) you're micromanaging your whole 
I know. Morning, weren't you? I know. You see, it's all—all all of us. All of us have have an opportunity to stop and think. What was I doing? And why was I doing that? And and, and actually, you know, I mean, commuting in London on the trains and tubes. You know, there'd be often times when I would look. I would stop. And I'd look at people, and they'd be running, running, running to get this train. When actually, there was maybe a train in like two minutes' time. Yeah. But they would have the look on their face, like. A kind of a wild beast was chasing them and if they didn't get it that then everything was over and I remember looking mm. at this kind of panicked look in someone's face and thinking wow what are we all doing mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> that was before the pandemic and don't get me wrong I've I've run for trains as well um but it was really interesting when we start to think about what are we doing how are we behaving and why mm-hmm. and does yeah, it matter now it's that's funny about the tube actually because I always I always think I'm always quite I don't know, laps of days are cool about being on a tube. And I, like, I just always, um, I couldn't fathom the fact that people were rushing all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking there is another one in one minute. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, and actually that one's yeah. going to be less crowded. Yeah. So I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to wait for the next one. Yeah. On, on purpose. It's weird. It's funny, isn't it, though? Yeah, it's weird because even, even, like, saying that I can relate to that, like, you're coming down the sort of the escalators going down to the tube and you're just no care in the world, just like, you know, just sort of not in a rush. But then you, like, in a distance, you kind of hear a tube that's coming or approaching. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, there's a tube there now. And you start rushing, like, start, like, really running down the escalator. Like, I've got to get on this one. There's one here now. And yeah, but you do, don't you? But before, you, before I hear that, there's like uh not a care in the world but yeah when it's there I think it's, do you know what i think sometimes you see one person start to move quicker yeah. and, you, and then there's like a sort of rush isn't there of everybody it's kind of it's kind of like mass consciousness isn't it it's yeah bit, um i mean it's not like lord of the flies obviously no, <laughs> no, no we're not literally like it's a bit like oh my god <laughs> quick someone else is rushing and someone else is going for it and actually you know um now you sort of sit there and think what what was really going on so I think it's gonna be interesting to see Mm. like when things do go back to kind of normal or people are allowed to do certain things that we used to is anything gonna have changed I don't know you know it's one of those things isn't it funny enough I changed I I mean I don't go to London a lot these days but when I I haven't been since the since um, February but even before that I like things like the tube I'd consciously stopped trying to go on the tube because I think actually Mm. most places in central London you can get to pretty easily on foot or you know if you give yourself a bit more time um certainly the places I was going to and so I would do that instead because I just couldn't cope in a way it was Mm. like a sort of like I can't cope with the tube it's too much unless Mm. I'm in a real rush and I'll jump on it but if I can give myself a bit more time I can actually walk and it's fine, isn't it? So I think I'd kind of started to that. Whether that will, you know, that will cotton on. The streets of London would be like absolutely filled with people <laughs> walking. I don't think that's going to happen. But um, I think, do you know what? One of the things well, it, early on in the first lockdown that, that struck me and uh, it was something that I think, I hope will be, continue was, like you're saying, Lawrence, about walking a dog and just actually, because of the social distancing, actually giving people time to walk past us and being patient not like trying to barge past or like scoot cast quickly because you're you know um that that moment of patience for letting other people go past you um i remember thinking that was really nice and how actually that common courtesy might come back into our into our um, way of life a little bit more but who knows mm. and you've yeah. used another word which is often thought of as old-fashioned alongside with values is courtesy yeah, and respect yeah, yeah, yeah. so these words are really really unkind that kindness they're really important words and yet we've kind of almost 
um, banished them from our vocabulary kind of in the last, I don't know how many years, but they have almost kind of gone out of fashion. Mm -hmm. And yet, like you say, courtesy, kindness, values, they're all things that actually make us feel good and actually bring us together as a society. So I almost feel like those words are actually going to have a resurgence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I, hope they, I hope they do. Courtesy yeah. is a lovely word. It makes yeah. me feel really warm, actually, when mm-hmm. you say courtesy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, well, me too. I mean, kindness is so underrated, isn't it, really? Like, you know, you kind of, it's, it's, it seems like a sort of, uh, everyone kind of goes, oh, I'm kind. I'm, I'm the kind. Everyone thinks they're a kind person. Everyone just kind of assumes <laughs> yeah. everyone else, everyone thinks they're kind. But like, you do, it, it is very un- un- underrated because it does not, you know, not only what you're doing is kind for someone, but you do... You you have yourself a really good feeling as well. There's been times when I've been on the underground, had an absolute rubbish day, and you know, get off at Marlborough to go to the to the national rails, and you know, you might might see someone that um, can't speak a word of English but trying to get a, a pram up the up the stairs, and just being able to help them or something like that, and just get get up a few flights of stairs, and uh, able to say thank you. But like that rubbish feeling for me is someone that's just given a few seconds to help out as I feel really good doing that. And that kind of makes me forget the stuff that I had go wrong that day or where it was kind of irrelevant. I was just actually, I feel pretty mm. good just helping out there and doing that little thing. Yeah. And, and, and I think the word curious. So I think when we're curious about other people, I mean, often when we say that word, we think, Oh, that's being nosy or someone's kind of sticking their nose into your business. But actually I think curiosity is also really important to build connection with other people because when we are curious about someone's story, what's happened to them, what they might have been through, we then can be empathetic and we then can be kind. So it's only when we're curious about why someone thinks something, why they're saying it, why they might be behaving in a certain way that we can actually learn their backstory and then perhaps understand where they're coming from and not judge, not criticise, but actually kind of connect with them on a on a real level, which I think is really helpful in terms of again making people feel like they can say uh what they need to say or they can ask for things that they need at that point in time mm-hmm. yeah and, and maybe you know hopefully the time that we've had where we've not been able to come into close proximity with each other as much as we'd like like hopefully we're going to kind of learn that you know we can be more affectionate towards each other and you know it makes us appreciate those those the values like you said about uh just having those um close relationships with people i think i think maybe when all this is over and we're allowed to um it's not just going to be kind of you know all these kind of music festivals that maybe we should create a hug fest <laughs> yeah mm. <laughs> free hug signs yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that'd be wonderful yeah i think we've all missed that a lot yeah no absolutely um i mean how jars how do you you know i've asked you this a few times i think but how do you stay so like with your tweets and everything like that, you like, you know, are you are you quite wary that people might be having like a bit of a rubbish day and you think, right, I'm gonna send out some positivity out there just to let people know that I care? Am I aware? I think well, yeah, oh, yeah, I guess well, yeah, I guess I am aware um that w- there will be someone and I guess maybe my you know, my tweets are aimed at that person, but you know, there's one person perhaps who's not having a good day. And I get lots of nice messages from people saying Oh, you know, I'm, you know, I had a few today, actually, someone, um, a couple of people sent me messages saying, um, DM'd me saying, um, you know, actually, I've been having a bit of a rough, rubbish time lately. And just seeing your um, tweets come up on my timelines really, really helped me. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess there is a, there's a certain consciousness about it. But at the same time, I just, yeah, it's just, 
it's just me. I'm just putting mm-hmm. out like like stuff that I'd I guess maybe it's stuff I'd like to read as well. I mean I love reading Rada's tweets. She always puts lots lots and lots of lovely things and lovely advice and um that's always really that always really helps me. So if you know if I can obviously do that in my own way as well. Mm-hmm. That's, we that's you nice. definitely do Giles, I have to say. Like I, I it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think um I don't know about you, Giles, but sometimes when I, the things that I put out there are either because I've come across maybe a friend or someone I know who's going through a bit of a tough thing or a difficult day. And so you kind of think about them in your mind as you're writing it, or Mm. sometimes it's actually because, you know, you need it yourself and you would love someone to say it to you. And so actually kind of putting it out there is almost, um, almost sort of signaling, I suppose, to everyone else that, if they're feeling that way, they're not kind of by themselves. Um, and I think, Giles, that's why your posts are so great and so well received because they they come from a really authentic place and you can hear you can hear the human voice in them. Um, I think sometimes, again, in sort of our society, I think sometimes help has become a bit formalized, uh, a little bit perhaps medicalized. Um, mm. If you need help, then it's become a sort of thing that is um, on a web page. And I think actually people are really desperate, not just because it's a pandemic, but before that, for a human face, a human voice, for that help to be what it was always at its foundation, which is human. And um, I think that's why kindness and courtesy and time and things like that really hit home with people, because at the end of the day, any kind of help starts from that basis of what a human being is mm-hmm. and that human side to actually being that help it all starts from there and the rest of it obviously is needed it comes out in different layers and there are different branches but the foundation of it all really is what makes people feel good and that is being listened heard to and being cared for and valued mm-hmm. and i think yeah. I, I, th- I think why you know, your tweets help me in particularly sometimes, Giles, is because, you know, without sounding sexist in any way, it's because you're a guy that's saying it. Because because there's so much toxic masculinity and think that, oh no, guys can't be like that because that's, you know, vulnerable if we if we put mm. out certain tweets and stuff. But for me personally, you know, seeing your tweets and maybe think, well, you know, this is great. There's another guy that I can kind of connect with and get more because I don't feel like I have to hide you know those feelings in it feels like you know it is okay just to kind of express yourself and how you're feeling and how others might be feeling on twitter but you know i think with with guys you like to think it's kind of slowly turning a little bit where guys can express themselves a bit more but a lot of guys you know i i think i said to you before giles like you know i've known sadly five people that have took their own life and you know one of them was it was a girl that had a long battle with it but for the four guys i know just it just happened like that there was no warning just couldn't you know you just you never would have thought anything was wrong um so i just think guys have this almost suffocating in silence that they just kind of keep all these feelings and how they're feeling in because they feel that they have to so i think it's really you know really important to see guys like you on twitter being able to share stuff like that yeah that's i'm i'm sorry about your 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 friends that's Mm -hmm. um yeah Devastating. And I mean, you know, there's the statistics show that, you know, uh, there's a very high percentage of men under the age of 40 who have taken their own lives. Um, suicide rates are very high. And yeah, I think it's true. I mean, we've seen high profile suicides in recent years. People like um, Gary Speed and um, there's a musician, Chris Cornell, who I'm a massive fan of in from Soundgarden. He took his own life um, a couple of years ago. And uh, again, one of those things where everyone thought he was you know, there, there was there was no signs, 
and then suddenly um, he was gone. And uh, yeah, I think uh, that happens a lot. My 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 um, wife's father took his own life in his forties, so we you know we're very aware in our house, and it's so it's always something we talk about quite openly with the children as well. They're fully aware, and I think it's having those conversations. And again, I think it's you know you know if, if if I can allow anyone you know if any of my tweets sort of resonate with anybody and it allows them to talk about their own feelings and then that's obviously wonderful um but yeah there does need to be a lot more um a lot more uh done for and 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 high profile people coming for i know you've mentioned before lawrence um about the rock and and his Mm -hmm. struggles with mental health but i think there's a lot of there are you know there's a lot of high profile people that could come out and talk about these things more openly i think would allow the conversation to be better um yeah for, um, for and we need to and we need to start um earlier again in schools in nursery mm. you know that's that's that whole time isn't it when actually a lot of children become they get their messages around what's allowed and what's not allowed in terms of what they're in terms of their feelings what they're allowed to express mm. you know as as a as a boy as a girl as a child you know they get those messages really early on um and, and it can be really subtle things, not just words, but, you know, for example, if if some if a child is crying and an adult kind of doesn't necessarily even go and ask them what's happened or or they they kind of um, distract them to something else. Sometimes, again, those subconscious messages, not just the actual verbal messages, children take those in and they remember them. And then that sets up the framework for their for their adult life. Mm-hmm. So I think, again, it's that whole thing around children being comfortable with their feelings and not waiting to reach that sort of crisis point where you know we really should not be allowing people to get to um for everybody which i think is just so important Mm -hmm. so i I don't know that there isn't for me i don't think there's no age is too early to start doing that no yeah it's it's, it's about just encouraging people to be themselves isn't it like i i can still vividly remember at secondary school having to hide things that i enjoyed because i'd be worried if i'd be teased about i was a massive disney fan at the age as a you know as a kid and i didn't really want to give that up as a teenager but kind of felt like you had to i you know i I remember you know we had our before the days of the iPads and iPhones, you know, I had my CD player and I was, mm. I was a massive fan of McFly, the band oh, McFly, yeah, yeah. you know, cause as, as a teenage guy, I could kind of relate to McFly and the songs as a teenager. You know, I remember talk- going to see McFly somewhere once. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I really like, but, but I, but it was always referred to as, you know, you, sh- you shouldn't like, you know, McFly's music. So I, I, I remember going, so I remember going into school with um, my CD of a Red Hot Chili Peppers album with the McFly CD in, so people would think I was listening <laughs> yeah. to Red Hot Chili Peppers and not McFly, uh, because it, I'd get to, you know, it'd be like, oh, McFly, mm. nothing, there's anything wrong with, you know, being gay, and it'd be like, oh, McFly, that's gay, you can't like McFly, you know, you as a, as a 12, 13, 14 year old, sort of being thrown at you is not nice, and you kind of think, oh, I don't want anyone sort of thinking, like, my music taste is like this, so, but I really liked McFly, and I, I felt like I had to hide the fact that I liked the band McFly um then just keep that to myself so i think we just need to encourage people more just to to be themselves for sure it's interesting like it's actually saying that because um i've got two boys 13 and 11 and i would say like particularly my 13 year old who's um he's got a really eclectic mix of friends and they're so accepting um of um of gender and he, he's he had a very close friend who was transitioning mm-hmm. as well so that and it's, they just they don't even see it you know mm-hmm. race whatever it might be um so i think I'm, I'm hoping that 
the next generations that now obviously you know that I'm I'm only speaking from personal experience but it, it, you know from from looking at my son and and his friendship groups and how accepting they are of one another uh, I I'm like to think that actually there is a new generation of kids that are going to be far more accepting about what you know what whatever their mates are into whatever uh their their friends look like or what they want to do with their lives i think there's there seem to be a lot more acceptance so i think it is starting to change but yeah i think we need, obviously need to continue those conversations yeah that's good that's that's uh, really good to know because uh yeah it was it was did you ever have to deal with like tough things like that you've had like you had to hide as a guy at school or yeah well i was in all my friends were really into it was like the 90s <laughs> um and all my friends were really into like rave music mm -hmm. so they were going to raves and stuff and i was into rock music yeah. and that was that was a yeah i was you could be ostracized for sort of admitting that you liked um pearl <laughs> jam or nirvana which you know <laughs> yeah. is silly really but it was just because yeah i think we you get into those friendship groups don't you and you you that if they're all into one particular thing but yeah i guess yes yeah, sort of things like that i guess happen quite quite regularly and actually looking back there were probably other kids in our year that were were ostracized for yeah. other reasons so yeah i think i mean that's i guess that's that school life is a bit like oh, yeah. that sometimes isn't it but um, and actually i think also it's interesting because i think you know unless we realize that we can actually carry that on into into adult life yeah. as well <laughs> lots of people that i i kind of have come across or know or or sometimes when you're kind of when you're growing up but you're a bit younger you you do start to think to yourself, am I doing what I used to do at school? Am I kind of talking about the same things in this group? Because I feel like I should, like mm. I want to fit in, mm. like I have to. And so actually, you know, in workplace environments in different social settings, it's interesting, isn't it? When sometimes you find yourself um, thinking, you know, so who am I? Who are these people around me? What am I talking about? And and one really important kind of indicator of that, I think it was a Dalai Lama who said this, or maybe someone was saying it about the Dalai Lama, is that wherever he went or wherever he goes, he treats everyone in exactly the same way and he never, ever changes who he is, no matter who he is with and where he is. And I think that is a real sign of someone who's really grounded in who they are um, and and themselves as a person so it's really interesting just to stop and think who am I being right now what role am I playing a role or am I actually really being authentic because we can carry that on into adult life it's very easy to identify as a sort of school behavior but if we're not careful we can actually carry that on and I think again this year that's been interesting because a lot of people I know have sort of paused and thought about their friendship groups who they're actually in contact with mm. and and kind of really reviewed friendships and connections with people yeah that's funny, actually, because, um, yeah, I don't think my, neither my wife or I drink. We're both teetotal. I've been teetotal since my early 20s, having not had a very great, good relationship with alcohol. And um, that is something that often is, uh, what's the best way of putting this? Slightly kind of, um, there's always a kind of strange reaction when when you say that you don't mm. drink mm. particularly if you're in a social setting i mean it's not obviously been not so bad but the, yeah with and, and with certain certain people accepting obviously but you always get those oh so you're driving mm. yeah you know? um you know uh you know have you got to get up early it's all mm. those kind of things come out because mm. because it's so you know obviously it's so accepted mm. in our society 
um, Whereas it was a woman becoming pregnant. Yeah, 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 same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That conclusion, just because I'm not having a gin and tonic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Um, and so yeah, it's a funny one. That's that's something that yeah, I still sometimes there's been like I went on a stag do a few years ago with with a very good close friend, and it was awkward. It was awkward, and I Mm. haven't you know I haven't had that, hadn't experienced that for quite a long time because everyone was getting so pissed, and uh, I wasn't, and. yeah, there was there was so many there was so many people that were inquisitive about it, and it was it was a very awkward sort of moment. But mm. um, so I think you do, you're right. I think we still do get those moments in adulthood where we're mm-hmm. like, mm, I want because we all want to be accepted, don't yeah. we? At the end of yeah, the day, and that's yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad to say I am going to go see McFly in May this year. Yes. <laughs> Next year, well, if I'm allowed to, <laughs> me and my university friends, we're going to go. We just said let's do it. We'll go. We like their music. Let's go. After 2020, Lawrence, I think you should go and see McFly every single. I know. Night I should go tour. see. Yeah, I should go see every night on tour. <laughs> I'm be, going. I'm coming be, too. Yeah, be, we'll be we'll be McFly groupies. It'll be great. But no, it'd be it'd be um. It's interesting you say you know the situation of alcohol as well because like I I find that with my friends as well like they don't. You know, so when I was going through sort of problems with my mental health, there'd be points where I knew that alcohol affected my mental health. You know, I'd be mm. doing it, you know, it'd be like, right, I feel rubbish on a Saturday night. I want, I need to feel like I can be social. I need alcohol to be able to do that because I feel rubbish. I have no energy. I feel like I need to go out and just get drunk and I'll be able to be social. When I was trying to sort of, when I acknowledged alcohol was a problem in terms of like making me feel, although it was a short term buzz and feeling high, but feeling really rubbish for a few days after that you know, my mates would kind of be a bit like, well, what's wrong with you? I'm sorry, you know, I'm just going through this difficult period of my mental health and stuff right now. I'd be like, oh, you know, come on, come, come have a pint, you know, I'll talk about it. It's like, no, I can't go and have a drink because, you know, yes, it'll make me feel okay for a short amount of time whilst I'm with you and we're watching the football and having a curry or whatever it is. But like the, it might not even be the day after, but the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the come down I'll have is horrific for my mental health. And it was just kind of them saying, you know, it was kind of, you know, I really felt that was tough with my mates. So they kind of just kind of shook it off like, oh, you know, if you're feeling a bit rubbish, come on, come out with the lads, have a few pints, you know, we'll go out, it'll be a good time. And, but yeah, so, you know, you do kind of get that, for, I think, from some guys sometimes. They don't understand. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I mean, what do you think have been the really nice points of if you could pick one nice moment to take you know we've had the covid stuff <laughs> um so what would be like a really nice moment like i i guess for me like the, the nicest moment i can think of of 2020 is captain tom oh yeah old oh, captain tom was yeah. tremendous He's yeah it was amazing yeah it was um so inspiring there have been lots i mean per, on a personal level i've had lots of great times this year actually i actually yeah as a family we 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 kind of embraced the, the particularly the first lockdown um we were all at home together we kind of realized we we're all quite introverted <laughs> um we quite like being at home <laughs> um um i've had lots of projects on the go so i've been quite busy so that's you know and i feel very very grateful for that um so yeah there's been a lot for me actually it's been it's not been you know and i've you know I'm very lucky been you know we've got a garden got a nice house so, you know, live on the coast and go for nice walks. Um, you know, I've had everything as, you know, has been pretty okay for me. I'm, you know, so I, I realise that I'm, you know, I'm not in the majority in that. Lots of people have had a very challenging year. Um, so I've had lots of things. And I think actually going back to what you were saying about the word that sums up this year, for me, it's it's reflection and, mm. and having 
that time to reflect on all the things that Vardas talked about, which is, you know, what friendship groups and, um, uh, yeah, general relationships with various different things and, you know, what do I want out of life and material stuff, do I need this, that and the other to be happy and all those different things have really come home and, and, and it's been a time to really reflect on all those things and reflect on them as a family as well, not just me reflecting um, and thinking about myself but as, actually as a family. So, so yeah, in, res in lots of respects, I, I, from a personal point of view, I think I've had, I've, 2020's been okay actually been okay for me um but yeah i mean there's been lots of amazing things that people have been doing um you know all the key workers that have been working so hard all the way through um you know and and all the nhs workers so yeah i think um yeah hats off to all those people it's hugely inspiring mm -hmm. yeah and i i think for me it's probably a culmination i'd say of all those examples not just on television back in sort of first lockdown where everyone was talking a lot more about them which is really nice to see that on news rather than just all the bad stuff um but also just people in you know in my um in my life my friends maybe my community just people people just doing nice things for each other just literally being lovely and smiling and 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 going for a walk and coming across someone that I don't know on that walk and them starting to chat to me and having a whole discussion with them for like half an hour about life and what's going on for them <laughs> and you know all that kind of stuff which I mean I always would try to do anyway but everyone seems to be a bit more willing to have a chat and to talk to people and to you know just kind of that feeling of solidarity I suppose um has been nice I also think is it for, for me actually those kind of moments so the moments that I'll probably remember the most are really simple moments where I've been out for a cycle ride or I've been out for a run and I've got some amazing music in my ears and is it look fly I was gonna say is it look fly <laughs> it's not look fly <laughs> but it could be <laughs> well you know you've got you've got a really powerful song a really happy song a song with lyrics that really like touch you and you're cycling and you're at the top of a hill and you put on like Lady Gaga you know I'm on the edge of glory <laughs> as you descend the hill on your bike and you just and you just feel joy you just feel the energy of joy and of of sort of um some kind of connection with something whether or not that's nature or music or yourself it probably is more about connecting with yourself that's bringing that feeling. Mm. Um, but for me, it's those simple things where I've, I just, I've always loved being outside. I've always loved music. I've always loved kind of, um, you know, exercise and, and moving. So for me, when you put all those together, um, it's moments like that that I'll remember of just pure joy and simple things like I used to do when I was little, you know, kind of, um, you know, walk down to the local co-op and get a packet of um, pickled onion monster munch you know, and kind of go and sit oh. and eat them in the park. Mm. Because... Was pickled onion always the monster munch of choice? <laughs> yeah, because, you know, when, when I was, you know, when I was commuting, I didn't have so much time to do that. So it's just those simple things that remind you, I think, a lot of your childhood or, or a lot of the times when you had, um, especially in the first lockdown of the weather, you didn't have a place to be necessarily by a certain time. So just getting a little bit of that time back, I think. Yeah. Do you guys remember Freddo's as well? The Freddo chocolate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they used to be caramel. Like, caramel ones are the best. Yeah. Ones. Well, they, well, they, well, the fact that they used to be like five p and now they're like what? About fifty. Yeah, fifty p or something. How? Ridiculous. I remember when polos were ten p. Then they went up to twelve p for polos, and I was like, what? 
<laughs> we've got a sweet shop up. Well, we've got a, a little shop up the road, and they sell lots of the what we would class as the penny sweets, mm. but they're now oh, like yeah. five p each. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, and they're like sherbet dib dabs. I mean, they're about seventy p. Oh, I know. Oh, outrageous. <laughs> outrageous. Um, so, have you, have you guys, I, I don't really usually do New Year's resolutions, but do you guys have, see, I think what I'm going to try and do that have this year is I want to take up swimming, because I think that's so, um, I think from talking to Becky Allenton and uh, Ellie Simmons, it just seems mm. to have a, such a huge impact, not only on your physical health, but your mental well-being as well. Like, it seems to be a big um tick in in that area so i think for me 2021 when we're allowed to and um it's a bit more back to normal hopefully soon i'll be able to start looking at taking up swimming i don't know what if you two guys got any sort of resolutions that you want to think 2021 this is what i want to do next year that is a hard question (laughs) so actually i i i try not to make resolutions because i'm or not in the traditional sense of sort of January resolutions or that whole kind of thing that you need, you must change yourself. Um, but I think, and I think this year actually, I'm not, I'm not going to set any resolutions. What I tend to do is more set intentions, which I know sounds really, oh, what's the difference kind of thing. But but more like intentions for me are more about the general direction I want to go in rather than I think resolutions, which sometimes I associate that anyway in my head with very specific, sometimes pressurized things. So. And, and maybe things that you're, for me, like the word intention, it suggests less of a sort of chance to be self-critical if you don't, <laughs> you don't manage it. Okay, yeah. um, so for 2021, do you know what, at the moment, my intention for 2021 is actually just to stay grounded, stay well, to keep doing all the little things that make me feel good and to look after myself and just to get through until things are brighter or hopefully a little bit more back to normal um and to be kind to myself in terms of not putting too much on myself um mm-hmm. but also I've got lots of I, I love as Giles knows I, I love doing positive things I've got lots of ideas for projects and um one of the things that's been good for me this year has been developing more of those and developing more of my ideas so I'm also just really keen to keep doing things that make me feel happy and and do something positive in the world so I don't know what they are I used to be a real planner I used to be a real timetable list kind of person (laughs) I've actually given up all those things (laughs) 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 because I think actually I was almost um for me those things were a little bit of a way to sort of feel like I was in control so actually I've kind of given those up because I I almost want to step into that um a little bit more of that energy of um uh, not trying to control so much and trying to go more with the flow and see what comes, but to but to have still intentions about where I want to be, what I want to do, and um, how I would like to feel as well. That's funny. That's interesting actually because I was thinking that sometimes it's quite good to have lists of stuff that you want to do and like lists of project, you know, lists of things that you're intending to do, um, and that you know because they it gives you kind of almost deadline, but at the same time mm. you kind of are. You're almost sort of setting yourself up, aren't you, a little bit? Well, I think sometimes you can be beholden to the list itself. And so the list becomes the outcome rather than actually the energy behind the project or the thing you write on the list. Mm. Yeah. That's what was happening to me. (laughs) I remember talking to um, someone and they said, enjoy it like the journey is the thing, like actually doing the thing or the journey. So the end end bit's 
normally pretty rubbish compared to it's the actual true. process of doing it so actually thinking of an idea and toying around with it in your head that's the exciting bit mm-hmm. actually finishing the thing is actually quite you know it's quite sad when you finish it that's like that gives you sort of a sense of loss and stuff so I think yeah I think we need to be more I guess that's going back to that idea of being in the present a bit more mm-hmm. um, and enjoying the moment rather than uh, thinking about the Oscar you're going to pick up outcomes <laughs> yeah well i'm picturing my gold medal in swimming i mean it's gonna happen (laughs) i can see it around your neck oh yes yeah yeah i've had the motivation (laughs) to do it (laughs) uh but guys it's been really great talking to you today um thanks so much for your time we'll have to we'll have to do this again because i really Mm. enjoyed chatting to you Mm. both um but yeah here's to a a a good 2021 right yeah definitely yes absolutely thank you lauren thank you So I want to thank uh, Giles and Dr. Rada for coming on. Um, yeah, making me feel a little bit more, a little bit more positive about um, the, the year 2020. Look, it's been a horrific year. Um, we kind of want to forget about it and move on. Um, but, you know, there's still things for us to be thankful for and to us appreciate and for us to reflect on. And, um, yeah, I suppose that's a healthy way to, to look at things um, rather than the doom and gloom of the year 2020. So thanks so much for Giles and Dr. Rada for coming on. Be sure to check them out on social media. Be sure to ch- check us out on social media under um, Twitter, under Shapes of Stories. That's just that's just at Shapes of Stories. And you can follow me on Twitter as well, at LPrestige7. Um, but yeah, thanks guys for tuning in. We're going to kind of have a little Christmas break now, um, but we've got some really exciting things for you prepared for 2021 um be sure to have a merry christmas and uh let's hope for big and brighter things in the year 2021 uh yeah you know just get get this year in the bag and uh you know good things to come take care and i'll speak to you next year bye